3: o'clock hour is going to go a little bit differently than how we usually do it's AFC championship time congratulations on getting through your nine to five thank you so much for listening it is the drive on 610 sports radio if you missed our conversation with Nick Wright of FS1 I want to play that for you here coming up in about ten minutes or so, let me update you on all of the injury information. I want to play for you what Mitchell Schwartz had to say. Also, want to play for you what Nate Taylor had to say if you missed it, and then we'll hear from Nick Wright. So, Mike Edwards, Isaiah Pacheco, Willie Gay, Kadarius Tony—they are all questionable for Sunday's game. Derek naughty and Joe Tooney are both out for this game. We asked Mitchell Schwartz what he thought the impact of not having Joe Tooney would mean for this offense going up against the top-ranked defense in the Baltimore Ravens. Here's what Mitchell Schwartz had to say.
0: I mean, I am a big Nick Allegretti fan. I think he has played good ball every time he's come in the last couple of years. He's filled in really admirably. If you you know, watch that last run that we sealed the game with, uh, you know, he notices that three-tech is spiking. He takes good footwork. He's able to you know, kind of wrench him further inside than he wants to go, which is a a tenant of the offensive line. If a guy's trying to go somewhere, you know, make him go further than he wants to go. And I think the biggest thing coming out last week is Tooney came out, we kind of saw oh, chest injury or we're not sure what's going on. And then you didn't necessarily even know he was out of the game. Nick never got mentioned. No one ever spotlighted him. The O line kept producing at a really good level. So uh, I think the competency is there. It's just Tooney is an all-pro, you know, one of the best left guards, if not the best left guard in the NFL. And so you're going to have a bit of a downgrade when you uh, get that guy out of the position. But I, I do like Nick a lot. I think he's got a good mentality, good physicality, and he should slot in there pretty nicely. And, you know, as a guard, it's nice when you've got really good guys next to you too. So you got Creed on one side, you got Donovan on the other, and uh, you're slotting into a good spot. That was Mitchell Schwartz yesterday talking about the impact of not having Joe Tooney in
3: the lineup. It is now confirmed that he is going to be out for Sunday's game. I don't think that this is a game-shifting injury. Those are certainly ones that exist. I don't think this is it. Now, Willie Gay is a different conversation. You think about how Baltimore runs the ball. They were number one in rush yards this season. You think about Lamar Jackson, the best scrambling quarterback, possibly in the history of the National Football League. I think that Willie Gay is a much more significant injury than Joe Tooney. Joe Tooney is the best offensive lineman on this team. He plays on the interior where I think you can mask it just a bit. You got Donovan Smith on the left side of him. You got Creed Humphrey to his right side, one of the top centers in the National Football League. And you are replacing him with a guy that certainly knows this system and has been a part of this offense and has played in big-time games. Nick Allegretti has started in a Super Bowl. Nick Allegretti has started in three postseason games. He has made 16 career starts in his year. This is what happens Over the course of an NFL season, no one is going to feel bad for you. The same way that no one feels bad for Buffalo that they were banged up last week, the same is going to be true for Kansas City in this game. I think that this is a manageable injury. Let's see what the status is for Isaiah Pacheco. He was banged up today, practice, but he's questionable. I fully expect him to play. He said that he's going to play in this game. What version of Isaiah Pacheco do you get I don't think that this is a crippling injury at all regarding Joe Tooney. I think it's one that they're going to be able to manage. And if you were talking about next man up, if you're going to lose a starter, you feel really good about Nick Allegretti, who has been in this, uh, who's been on this team for a while, knows the system. You feel really good about him being the next man up. In this conversation, I want to play for you what Nate Taylor had to say about the Chiefs injury report to give us an update. I also asked him, what's the bigger loss for this team? Is it Joe Tooney or potentially not having Willie Gay in this game?
4: Um, I believe it's probably Willie Gay just because you need as much speed, versatility, um, and just pure athleticism to match Lamar Jackson, particularly, when he gets through the first level, right? I think the Chiefs can do a pretty good job generating pressure, whether that's uh, Spagn- you know, Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, calling some creative blitzes, or if that's just your four-man rush of Charles Aminahue, Derek Naughty, um, excuse me, Charles Amenihue, uh Chris Jones, of course, uh, Mike Dana is who I was trying to reference, and then obviously George Kalwauhtis, that's obviously their, their speed package uh, to try to get as much immediate pressure as possible. Um, but they've asked a lot out of Drew Tranquil. It's one of the most shrewd signings that Steve Steve Spagnuolo and Brett Veach sort of collaborated on in the offseason. Asking Drew Tranquil to to be as productive, if not more productive than Willie Gay in his absence is going to be quite a tall order. Um, I have a lot of uh, faith and confidence, I guess you could say, in the fact that, because Nick Allegretti has been in the system five years now, because he's been a starter in postseason games, because he played so well, even when Joe Tooney went down in the fourth quarter of last week's game.
3: That was Nate Taylor, who joined us on the show earlier today. If you missed any part of that conversation, check it out on the podcast page, 6 Also, the Odyssey app. There are two things that I feel very confident in with Kansas City heading into this matchup. I believe that Kansas City is going to be able to run the football. San Francisco played this team earlier this year. Christian McCaffrey ran for over 100 yards. The Dolphins played this team earlier this year. Devon A. Chain ran for over 100 yards. Kyron Williams for the Los Angeles Rams. He had 114 yards rushing against Baltimore. If you want to look and see where their weakness is as a defense, I think they are vulnerable on the ground. I firmly believe that Kansas city has figured out their formula and how they want to win games. This is a team that needs to remain balanced. This is a team that needs to prominently use Isaiah Pacheco in this game. And I think they have really pared down the offense and they have really honed in on, we have to get Travis Kelsey more involved. We have to get Rasheed rice more involved In the offense, something happened with this team heading into the postseason. And I think it was a little bit troubling that it just took them longer to figure it out. Usually after the bye week is when Kansas City kind of gets things into high gear. That didn't happen around Christmas. You were like, all right, hey, this team is going to figure some stuff out. And then they had the disappointing loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. But over the last couple of weeks. Maybe it has been the weather. Maybe it has been by necessity because of that. Maybe it's just simply been, hey, it's the postseason. Maybe it's injuries that now you don't have Sky Moore. You don't have Kadarius Tony. So you have fewer mouths to feed in this. I think the Chiefs have figured out their formula and how they can win postseason games. Can you remain committed to the run? I also feel really good about the defense in this game is outside of Lamar Jackson. I don't think that there is a player on the Ravens offense that you should be overly afraid of. If they were playing San Francisco, we'd be having a different conversation because they got Debo Samuel, Brandon IU, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. You look at the Lions offense with Amara St. Brown and Sam Laporta and they're two very talented running backs. For a team that has scored as many points as this Baltimore Ravens team, and they were fourth this year, they don't necessarily have that game-changing offensive playmaker aside from their quarterback. We know that going into it. Can you contain Lamar Jackson? Can you keep him in the pocket? Can you stop some of the unscripted runs? Can you make him throw outside the numbers as opposed to the middle of the field? And does Kansas City have the defense? Do they have the formula to potentially do those things? I feel pretty confident in Kansas City's ability to defend Lamar Jackson in this game. It is not going to be easy. He is one of the, if not the most dynamic player in the National Football League when you factor in his ability to throw and and take off and run. If this is a game in which he has six carries for 75 yards and a touchdown, this is probably a game that Kansas City loses. But Kansas City has done as well of a job of any team in the National Football League of taking away what you like to do best in taking away your star players, Diggs did not have a major impact on the game. Tyreek Hill had one play against Kansas City in the two games that they played against him. A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson. Like we can go through the names. They have done a really, really good job at stopping some of the premier playmakers in the National Football League this might be the most difficult test when you factor in the weapons that he does have around him with Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, the return of Mark Andrews, who was an all-pro caliber tight end, and Isaiah Likely, who was one of the most improved players in the National Football League. I think this is going to be a very, very evenly matched game. I also think that points are going to be at a premium. You have the number one and number two defense in this game, an offense in Kansas City that has been mostly inconsistent this year, and a team that I just alluded to just doesn't have a lot of dynamic players. I am predicting a 23-17 Chiefs win. It is just very difficult for me to pick against Patrick Mahomes in this spot. He has been an underdog 11 times in his career, and the Chiefs have won eight of those games. I'm going to lie to you guys. I'm worried about this game. This is as this is as worried as I think I've been this season about a matchup and as torn as I've been on paper. Baltimore is better than Kansas City. If you go by offensive metrics, if you go by defensive metrics, who was more consistent over the course of the season, who has the deeper roster, who was the healthier team heading into this game, there is a lot of reasons to like the Baltimore Ravens. There is a reason why they are favored in this game. They were the better team over the course of the first 20 weeks of the season, It is just impossible at this point to pick against the playoff version of Patrick Mahomes. He has been too good, too consistent, and I do firmly believe that the Chiefs have sort of mastered their formula, but this is the test. This is a team that does your formula a little bit better than you do. At least they did over the course of the regular season. But if you have only beaten Ryan Tannehill in a postseason game and you have only beaten C.J. Stroud in a postseason game, you got to show me that you can stand toe to toe up against this generation's dynasty, which has been the Kansas City Chiefs. We were joined earlier today by Nick Wright of FS1 and First Things First, and we started with that conversation about how difficult it is to pick against Patrick Mahomes in the postseason.
1: So I, I think you're obviously on the right side of it. I, I want to be clear. I do not feel about this game the way I felt about the Miami game, which I thought was going to be impossible for us to lose, or the Buffalo game that, you know, I told you I thought they were going to win by 10. And to be honest, they should have won by 10, if not for the McCall fumble, the goal line. Uh, this is a more than worthy opponent. This is the team with the best resume in the league well-rounded they've got the quarterback that you know played the well. was playing the best ball of his career you can at the very least say that uh however one spot that i think people have wrong about this game is i don't think baltimore has the better defense i think Kansas city does so baltimore this year they have the number one scoring defense 16 and a half Kansas city's number two is 17.3 but Kansas city's defense has survived despite not forcing turnovers they were fifth fewest in the football 17 baltimore stevens has lived forcing turnovers he was 31 the number one in the league i don't think mahomes is going to turn the ball over because he doesn't turn the ball over in the playoffs and so if the turnover battle is even the chiefs are at a huge edge i additionally i think the chiefs are going to have the reverse game plan that they had against buffalo buffalo it was will give you everything except for deep shots over the top i think against baltimore they are going to sell out to stop the short stuff in the running game and trust the best cornerback duo in, in the league Snead and mcduffie to be able to handle baltimore's slightly at this point overrated receivers one-on-one on an island and you just hope Snead doesn't commit more than one defensive pass interference penalty so I think this is a low-scoring game. I think this is a defensive game. And this is the other part about a low-scoring defensive game, and it feels weird to say, but it's true, the Chiefs have the more reliable kicker. Justin Tucker this year has not hit a single field goal from more than 50 yards out. He's over 4 on those attempts. Buckers only missed two all year, and one was with a deflated football in New England. And so I like our edge in the kicking game. I like our edge defense slightly. And I do think it's going to be a struggle to move the ball because of Baltimore's linebackers and Kyle Hamilton and everyone. But I trust Mahomes to make just enough magical plays and Rasheed Rice to look like the better of the two rookie receivers between him and Zay Flowers. So I like the Chiefs in a low-scoring close game.
3: Right now we're talking to Nick Wright of FS1. I mean, two places that I think Kansas City has in advantages – one you just mentioned with the defense, for as good as Baltimore is, they don't have a star offensive player other than Lamar that you don't feel you can stop. Not at running back with Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. I'm with you on their wide receivers. I really like Zay Flowers, but with how Kansas City is done against wide receivers, not worried about him in this game, not worried about Odell Beckham. They don't have a star player like an Amon Ross St. Brown or Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk that I think could just go out there and beat you and win this game and to the point of Kansas City's offense with how they've run the ball so far in the postseason, I feel very confident about Kansas City's ability to run on Baltimore. I mean, I, I I saw San Francisco run the ball against them. I saw Miami run the ball against them. I saw the Rams run the ball on this team. I feel confident that Kansas City can on Sunday.
1: So, yeah, the Joe Tooney being out, you know, is obviously a big problem. He was the only first-team All-Pro on the offense, uh, but that is a spot where at you Nick Allegretti you you feel decent about that where you get really nervous is if another offensive lineman were to go down during the game where you're already very thin Uh, here's something I'm curious about we talked about this off the air more than on the air on the show today which is will Mark Andrews coming back be good or bad for Baltimore because Childs was just basically positing the idea that Lamar not having Mark Andrews kind of forced him to diversify his passing options, if you will. And with him back, will he start zeroing in on him when Lamar's been playing better without him? I don't know if that is, you know, what's going to happen, but it is an interesting thought. The other thing is this, I just, the Ravens and I, this, they've been blowing people out because they're awesome, so I'm not taking anything away from there. I don't think they're going to blow out Kansas City. I trust Kansas City in a close game way more than I trust Baltimore in a close game. And Baltimore, I think, you know, doesn't have nearly as much experience in a close game. And so, I and I know that Patrick said, at the Ravens were one of the two stadiums he's had to use a silent count, but in that game the Chiefs scored 35 points and he threw for almost 400 yards. So having to use the silent count was not exactly something that really slowed him down in that game.
3: Right now we're talking to Nick Wright of FS1 and First Things First for a couple of minutes. Nick, I'm seeing a lot of people make comparisons to the Super Bowl, and it certainly makes a lot of sense. Like, there are a lot of comparisons between this year's Ravens and last year's Eagles. Where do you put this Ravens team in in ranking them against the other teams that the Chiefs have played during this postseason run? Or not this postseason run, but during this dynasty
1: run? Oh, wow. Um, so, I think the best team the Chiefs played was the 2018 Pats. Um. I think the second best team was the 2021 Bills, and I think that uh, this Ravens team is third. I'm just kind of going through it all it, it quickly in my head. Yeah, this Ravens team would be third. The Niners uh, in 2019 would be fourth, and the Eagles in the Super Bowl last year would be fifth. That's where I that's where I stand on
3: it. Do you have a list? Yeah, I was thinking about it. I actually probably would put that San Francisco team just as number one. Like That team was super complete, and I know they had Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback, but I I would probably rank that Niners team one. I actually probably would put this Ravens team second, and that Patriots team from 2018 is third.
1: That Patriots team, man, was really something else. Uh, And I know in the Super Bowl they didn't score, but – they and I know the Chiefs' defense sunk that year. I, I don't know. It was Brady was still really 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 good. It was Gronk's you know last year in New England. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, listen, this the thing is, is I I I do think that Lamar's one weakness is what Spags is going to want to do. Lamar's one weakness is if you send the house at him, and Spags didn't really get to do that against Josh Allen. I think you just have to deal with if you get hit over the head for a few big plays, you just deal with it. And I think think this is a game they could sack Lamar four or five times. I really think you can force some big Lamar mistakes in this game.
3: Right now we're talking to Nick Wright of FS1. Nick, it feels like Lamar is at that same place that Jokic was. Like, I've heard your commentary enough on Jokic, and I thought for the most part it was fair. Hey, Jokic is really good, but I got to see him do it in this spot. Well, eventually he did it last year. He proved that he was the best player in the NBA. They won the championship last year. I kind of feel like that's where Lamar is. Obviously, no one's going to consider him the best quarterback in the league, but there have just been so many questions about Lamar. And if you only got two postseason wins and you got them against Ryan Tannehill and CJ Stroud, it is still very fair to have questions about you and how you perform in the postseason. I feel like a lot of those questions get answered if Lamar plays really well against Patrick Mahomes on Sunday.
1: Oh well, all of them get answered. I think a lot of them got answered this past weekend. I mean, I don't, I don't think. Listen, there's active quarterbacks, active starting quarterbacks who have played in the Super Bowl. It's Golf, Stafford, Burrow, Mahomes, and who am I forgetting? Rogers, I guess. There's one other obvious one that I'm forgetting. Um, but like, oh, Jalen Hurts. Um, it, Ross, if he's still a starter, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a starter. Like, it's not like there's a lot of people that are going to be able to say they've gotten further than a conference championship game. Nobody other than Mahomes and Rodgers have won an MVP. I, I think other than Lamar, I think that th- what he needed was at least one awesome playoff game, and he got it. So, yes, this would, I, you know, I said this, on the show. I don't know if you disagree with me. Lamar, the moment he accepts his MVP in a week and a half, he becomes a hall of fame. Like he has two MVPs. Like he's going to make the hall of fame. I I don't think he has that much else to prove. What I do think beating Mahomes would do is it would be, instead of there just being a clear cut, best quarterback in football, and then a debate for who's number two, I think Lamar would separate himself and the debate would start being about who's number three.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. I'm taking a look at the list of guys who have multiple MVPs. So it's Steve Young, Kurt Warner, Montana, Mahomes, Unitas, Favre, Brady Rodgers and Manning Jim Brown's the other one I'm 100% with you now I don't know if Lamar could just retire tomorrow and be a Hall of Famer I feel like we would have a lot of conversations and debate about Lamar but you're right I mean if at the end of your career if you have two MVPs and you've had the overall team success I know they haven't won yet but he has like a a 60% win percentage
1: I'm with you that Lamar is certainly trending on being a Hall of Famer I think his win percentage is over seven like I think it's over 70. I mean, I, I think his winning percentage is bananas. Like, uh, I think Lamar's career winning percentage might be third all time. I think it's Mahomes, Brady, Lamar. Um, yeah, and so you're right. He doesn't have the postseason success as of now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, and so I, I just think he needed to, he really needed not to lose or fall flat against Houston, and he didn't. They they, did, they was scary for a half and then they blew the doors off them in the second half.
3: Right now we're talking to Nick right here for a couple more minutes. Last two questions Nick and I'll get you out of here. I got to ask you Chiefs win if Ravens win if. Chiefs win if they don't
1: turn the ball over. I mean this team still is I think they're now 11 and 1 or something this year when they 10 and 1 maybe when they just don't lose the turnover battle and the one loss was the uh the Lions game when it was a pick six so that you know what I mean that, that that's almost two turnovers I think we talked about that last week Ravens win if uh they score 28 um and you know that's that's kind of a cop out Ravens win if I'm wrong about the Chiefs defense having answers for Lamar because I don't think the Chiefs offense is going to score a bunch of points in this game I I the I do think that the Ravens linebackers will be able to slow down Kelsey, and then we're really, really relying on Rice and you know MVS and others. I also, by the way, would would keep. I know it's hard to do, but I wouldn't get rid of McCall Hardman. I would. He does add a dynamic element of speed that I think is helpful, and I don't want Tony. The last time Tony, you know, was out for six weeks and we put him in a game was the first game of the year and that went disastrously. So I don't want that.
3: Nick, I'll get you out of here with this last question. I know you have Kansas City going to the Super Bowl. Who do you have them playing in the Super
1: Bowl? You know, I'm going to go ahead and go with the last game is the first game. That is Detroit-Kansas City rematch. Uh, I think that uh, Niners are right now a touch overrated particularly with Debo either missing the game or if it's a shoulder injury the style he plays he could go you know be in the game and then be right out of the game I obviously don't trust Purdy but what I do think is this I think Sunday's game is the Super Bowl I think the winner of Chiefs Ravens is winning the Super Bowl and I think that the best game left of the season is about to be Chiefs Ravens It'll be far more competitive, far more compelling than the Super Bowl.
3: And that was Nick Wright of Fox Sports 1 joining us on the show. If you missed any part of our conversation, be sure to check it out on 610sports.com. Also, the Odyssey app. We'll get back to the AFC title game coming up. Keep it right here. It's The Drive.
2: The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car Car wreck. Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.
3: backfield. Jackson a threat to run or throw here on third down and a long eight from his own 27. Snap right to his belt.
1: Under pressure. Fires an intercepted.
3: Left side. Honey Badger's got it. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Kansas City. Tyron Matthew. Boy, is he active. How about a 34-yard pick? Six. The Honey Badger don't care. He's into the end zone. Welcome back into the drive. We'll give you a final chance to win a pizza. I mean, that's a perfect way to close out a red Friday. We'll do that here coming up in a bit. I'll let you guys know when it's time to call in and potentially win your prize. I think that this game, the chiefs are going to need one X factor, probably two. But if you look at the chiefs over the last four or five years, as they've made these runs, I mean, In the game against Buffalo, they got 93 yards from Clyde edwards Hilaire and MVS. You think back to last year's AFC Championship game where MVS had a big day. You think to the Super Bowl, Kadarius Toney, the big punt return. You got a touchdown from Sky Moore and Kadarius Toney. You probably could have retired if you would parlay to any time touchdown with those two individuals. The 13-second game against Buffalo, McCole Hardman had 30 yards rushing and a touchdown. Jarek McKinnon had 50 yards rushing in the game. I don't think that the Chiefs can win this game with just Rice, just Kelsey, and Pacheco. Now, you need two of those three individuals to play well, and if you only get a good day from one of them, you probably didn't score enough points in that game. But I think you're going to need one or two other guys to make a play and potentially step up. It sounds funny to say, I think that Clyde Everett's a layer is kind of important in this game. Isaiah Pacheco banged up. Toe injury, missed some practice this week, limited in practice. I think this team is going to have to maintain the run. They utilized him a lot in the past game in the second half of the season and kind of used him as that Jarek McKinnon role. I think he's going to get a small handful of carries in this game. His over under right now in rushing yards is seven and a half. I've hammered it. I think he's going to be a part of this offense. I think he's going to be part of the game plan. I think that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to touch the ball five to seven times in this game. So if you're telling me that his rushing number is seven and a half and his rushing and receiving is 14 and a half combined, I think that Clyde Edwards-Alaire has a chance to make another play in this game that helps flip things for Kansas City. He had a decent run against the Miami Dolphins. I think it was a 13-yard run. He then had a 29-yard run last week against the Buffalo Bills. It's not like you need Clyde Edwards-Alaire to have 70 yards in this game. Can you get 40 yards from scrimmage from Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Can you get one big catch from MVS and one big catch from Justin Watson? I think that's probably the formula that you need in addition to you need two of the big three to play well. You didn't get a great game from Rasheed Rice against the Buffalo Bills, but you got two touchdowns from Travis Kelsey and, excuse me, Isaiah Pacheco ran for 97 yards in the game. So I think you need to check two or three of those boxes, and you need a couple of potential X factors. I'm seeing someone text in Noah Gray. Noah Gray just never makes a significant impact on the game. I like Noah Gray the same as everybody else. They just don't get him involved nearly enough. And for a team that has the linebackers, that Baltimore has. I don't know if this is a Noah Gray game. I'm not going to say I would be surprised if he had a big impact on the game, but I just we, we always do this with Noah Gray and he ends up having like 19 yards receiving. He never really breaks
5: out the way that he should. Looking at the X this game, I think. Is it weird and maybe I'm off base here. Is Isaiah likely considered an X factor? I know that's not the Chiefs and it's the Ravens, but with Mark Andrews back and the depleted linebacking core with what we don't know about Willie gay. I know they activated Darius Harris. So that's probably a, you know, precautionary break glass in case of emergency linebacker, not a great sign. If Isaiah likely in the tight ends, you'd mentioned the times, the chiefs get cooking against the chiefs. The chiefs could be in trouble, but Mark Andrews returning. Does that make Isaiah likely an X factor? Cause I would say the chiefs way to stop the Ravens is obviously stop Lamar's running attack. But they like to pass in the tight ends. And if you can slow down a likely and slow down an Andrews who might have a rust factor, the Chiefs could be in the money. The same way the linebackers against the Chiefs tight ends is a matchup to watch. I think the inverse is true too. Isaiah Likely's contribution could be the X factor for the Ravens if the Chiefs can stop him.
3: I think we are saying the same thing, but looking at it through two different perspectives. I actually think that Mark Andrews is an X factor in this game. Like, I I think that if If you are an all-pro caliber tight end, the way that Mark Andrews is, last year he was an all-pro tight end, you have not played in 10 weeks. You have not played in 10 weeks. And now you are coming back for the AFC championship game. I don't know what kind of impact you could have in this game. You could tell me that Mark Andrews has 55 yards receiving. That would make a lot of sense to me. You also could tell me that Mark Andrews had 11 yards receiving in this game. He was noticeably limited in this game, and that Kansas City did a really good job against him. I don't know what version of Mark Andrews you're going to have in this game. I think that likely is probably going to be a bigger factor in this game because of the uncertainty around Mark Andrews and just the uncertainty of he just hasn't played football in a really, really long time. We can keep this conversation going on the other side. You know what? Let's give people one final chance to win a pizza here. We need just one caller, 913-586-7610, 913-586-7610. We'll give one person a chance to win a pizza, and then we'll make our official predictions for the AFC Championship game. Keep it right here. It's The Drive.
2: The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Moore. Car truck or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Ladies and gentlemen, he's feeling it. I am Champion Dot. You never know when it's gonna happen, but it's always your chance to win. Here's another edition of C DOT's trivia minigame on the drive.
3: It's your last chance to win a pizza this week for our final segment of the week. We played a very popular game with our guy Aaron Ladd of KSHB 41. There have been 12 quarterbacks to start for the Baltimore Ravens over the last 20 years. We asked him. We ask you. It's very simple. If you tie or beat Aaron Ladd, we will give you a pizza. If you get fewer than Aaron Ladd, we will give your pizza to somebody on the text line. Ethan was brave enough to call into the show today. Ethan, how are you doing today, my good sir? Good, man. How are you? Doing fantastic. Are you excited about this game? Are you confident in your ability to beat Aaron
1: Ladd? I've never been more excited or confident.
3: All right. You know what? I'm going to give you 30 seconds. There have been 12 quarterbacks who have started for the Ravens over the last 20 years. All you need to do is tie or name more than Aaron Ladd. Rob, go ahead and get ready to start the clock. On your mark, get set, go.
1: Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley. RG3, Joe Flacco, uh, Matt Schaub, uh, Steve McNair, Kyle Bowler, um, Ryan Mallett, Jimmy Clausen, Jim Harbaugh. How long goes Harbaugh?
3: Ethan, are you a Ravens fan? I am not. Because you would have beat me in this. You remember Jimmy Clausen's start with the Ravens? Notre Dame, baby. Oh my goodness. Ethan, you know what? I know you won. I'm gonna put you on hold here. We're giving you two pizzas. Cause that was you might have cheated. I don't care. The way you if you if you cheated, you were great. I mean, you sold, you sold me that you knew your Ravens history. You absolutely sold me, Ethan. Give him two pizzas. He he earned he earned two pizzas. He earned the pepperoni and the sausage pizza. You don't gotta get you get two pizzas. Getting Ryan Mallet was whoa. Yeah, no, that was that was impressive, man. That was absolutely impressive. He got he got nine? Yeah, there's only three here. I didn't mark off. He got nine out of the twelve. Really impressive effort from Ethan. There's Aaron probably got three. There's no chance Aaron got more than three. He's terrible.
2: Uh, Lamar Jackson, Snoop Huntley. Uh, didn't Steve McNair start a game for them? Uh, hopefully that was this decade. Um, what about Trent Dilfer? Maybe he started for them. Okay, now we're going to get really to the bottom of the barrel. Um, who was before Lamar? Can to help me out here, Rob? Maybe I can see through that paper. If you know. <sighs> I hope whoever wins enjoys the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> solid like five I think
3: he didn't even get Joe Flacco they won a Super Bowl with you he didn't get Joe Flacco that's an obvious one he does sports for a living somebody pays him to do that he didn't know who the starter was before Lamar Jackson he just started watching football the three that Ethan did not get was Anthony Wright who I'm not really sure if that's a real person or not.
5: Do you know who Anthony Wright is? Do you think Anthony Wright is black or white? Uh, I do remember an Anthony Wright. I think it was one of the games Lamar just sat down before Huntley existed. So I'm going to guess Anthony Brown is black, but I could be wrong. Okay.
3: All right, so Anthony, Anthony Wright. No, there's two. There's an Anthony Wright and a, an a Anthony
5: Brown. Okay, Anthony Brown, Anthony is, definitely Brown is definitely black. Anthony no, Brown's black. Anthony Wright.
3: There's no way if you were like, hey, my. if you just randomly met somebody named Anthony Brown, that person's black. Like, Tony Brown is a black guy. I'm, I'm 100% certain of Anthony that. Anthony Wright. I had the Anthony wrong Anthony. Wright could be. I don't know. That's Anthony a, Wright that's goes a either question. way. I don't know. Anthony Brown, Anthony Wright, and Troy Smith, former uh, Heisman Trophy winner. Troy Smith uh, was the starting quarterback. That was a, just a really impressive effort from Ethan. The text line never believes that anybody wins. I'm saying t- if he was, if he was cheating, he had incredible acting ability. He fooled me. I know he fooled you. I'm picking the Kansas city chiefs to win this game. 23 to 17. I am torn about this. I do think that Baltimore is better than the Kansas city chiefs. Like, I don't think that's going out on the limb. I think, the numbers suggest that I just, I can't pick against Patrick Mahomes. I can't, I can't do it. Just like how I don't feel wrong for like doubting the lions in the beginning of the season, because they're the lions, you know? Like if you like the NBA, the Clippers are not winning the NBA championship. They're the Clippers. Like good things don't happen to the Clippers on the reverse. I just, I don't know how I can go to bed over these next two nights saying they not winning. I just, I I don't think I can do it. I'm picking the Chiefs to win 23-17. I do like the under in this. I think this is a game that both defenses play really, really well. I'm going to pick Kansas City to go on the road and just continue what has been. People will not look at it like this. Given how inconsistent they have been the last two months, this is an incredible run if they win on Sunday.
5: Who you picking, Rob? I get what you're saying. Go ahead and do it. I know I, you're about to do I it. I really get what you're saying. And I I do think the Patrick Mahomes factor is at play, but the Ravens are just the better team. I like a defensive slug fest. I think the red zone issues are what undo the Chiefs. Twenty one sixteen Baltimore. No one's surprised by this. No one is surprised that you,
3: right at the buzzer, would pick the other team to win. You're sick. We need to think of a punishment if the Chiefs win. I'm serious. We might do a public egging. Legitimately might do a public egging if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl for you, Rob. I'll let Daniel Craig take you home.
5: Ladies and gentlemen,
2: the weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.